Hey friends, you're listening to the Hope and Hard Pills podcast, where we are exploring practical insight for racial justice and social change. I'm your host, Andre Henry, singer, songwriter, and author. And for the past several years, y'all know I've been on a serious intellectual quest to understand how do ordinary people work together to change the world. Uh, some of you have been on that journey. Thank you, everyone, you know, who's been on the email list, um, who's been supporting the show through Patreon. By the way, if you want to be one of those supporters, you can go to patreon.com slash Andre Henry. Music today on the show is brought to you by me. And today we have a very special guest. I can't even tell y'all how excited we all are to have the consciously professor, educator, social media influencer, and uh, dance craze, internet dance craze. I wish. <laughs> I wish. On the show, thank you for being here, conscious. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our, our dialogue we get into today, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's a pleasure to meet you, and I know that there are a bunch of people who are going to be so happy to hear your voice on the show. Um, but for those who don't know you, how would you uh, describe your work? Um, I would describe my work as intersectional edutainment, you feel me? Um, okay. uh, uh, content that's centered around engagement, entertainment, education, that's always intersectional, race, class, gender, ability, sexuality, that is able to take, you feel me, the different ways of how things are intersected and interconnected and be able to, you know, uh, really raise a level of rhetoric, um, understanding and consciousness around whatever, you feel me. How, how you said simplify Andre, it'd be like, whenever you see my face or you hear my voice on the internet, you ain't got to do no SAT, you ain't got to do no uh, ACT, you ain't got to, you know what I'm saying, do no official enrollment, you feel me? Just plug in and you're going to be able to get you a upper division college level type course, you feel me, in 60 seconds or however long that video is. I love it. I love it. And let me ask you a question. Where where do you come from? And this is what, I'm, what I mean by that is um, there are a lot of black intellectuals who are not as relatable as as you are. And like just like you said, like you don't have to take an SAT or an ACT to follow along with you. So how does your story intersect with the way that you present this information? Uh, the way that I did college debate, I was a college policy debater and I walked mm -hmm. on to it because I walked on to the scene. I, I kind of took, I feel like a very simplified perspective on what really mattered when it came to debating with people. And yeah. usually shit for me, that was accessibility. You feel me? Yeah. I would debate about accessibility and a lot of my opponents was reading Heidegger and Nietzsche and you feel me? All these white philosophers, postmodern people, structural. They was reading all that stuff before I ever, you feel me, before I thought about it, right? So yeah. I thought about in terms of if, if that shit good, I should be able to go to my hood in Bryan, Texas and be able to teach my family members about it. So mm -hmm. I made it where accessibility was always key and I started to use accessibility as the advantage or strength to my argumentation being wow. Saying that, because then we would debate about public education, and we would debate about deliberation, you feel me? And we would debate about dialogue, and we yeah. would always debate about spillover. And you feel me? Like, this, this what we're talking about in this debate is a spillover outside of the debate. And I would use I would use my argument and using poetry and extend I me mean, poetry and around mm -hmm. and talking the way I talk is being like, yeah, my shit real. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't care. I can talk to your grandmother, your mother, your aunt, your cousin, and my <laughs> shit going to hit different because you don't have to have a debate experience to be able to understand and follow my argumentation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In order to follow your argumentation, you damn near got to be in college policy debate for 10, 15 years. You got to mm -hmm. be able to go to, had a privilege of going to the debate camps. I didn't have that privilege. So she, if you really think, if, if, do we agree? Public, public education matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shit. 
That big word you said with six syllables, explain it to me. <laughs> break it down. Break explain it down. It and, and, and if you can explain it to me in a way, I can go back to the hood shit. I can see it around to you. And you can have it yeah. around. I'll give you the ballot. But if you can't yeah. give me to me in a way that make me want to go with that, I think that you have gatekeeping, you feel me, form of education mm-hmm. that's not really accessible to people. And what you do in terms of the language and the jargon you use, you just create hierarchies to make it where people are seen as educated and not educated. And it's just like, yeah. that's, that's wild to me. As I hear you speak, I've been reading uh, Bell Hooks, We Real Cool, lately. And um, just read, I just read chapter one and two, literally. Bro, like two yeah, like, okay. Bro, literally. So what's standing out to me right now, she talks about like de- how Black men decolonizing. She talks about decolonized Black men. And I feel like in the content that you're producing and all that, that I see that I see that in your work, you know, that you are a black man decolonizing the way that you think and and encouraging other black men to decolonize the way that we think. And I'm wondering, like, what that journey has been like for you. Like, have you always had the positions that you do around sexuality, around LGBTQ issues? Um, I mean, and that's not the only stuff you talk about, but I'm just yeah. wondering, what is that I journey been like I used, to, I used to be a diet homophobic person. You feel me? A I, diet homophobic. I was diet homophobic, where it's like I never, I was smart enough to, to, to not, you feel me, be, you know, crazy about, you know, gay people better not touch me or gay people better not this, that, and the other. I never was like that, right? Mm-hmm. I would always uh, uh, advance my dispositions on like some real subtle bullshit, right? So mm-hmm. it'd be like, I have no issue with homosexuality. I think everybody should be happy. I just don't think gay people should be able to adopt kids. When I was young in high school, that uh-huh. was, I don't know why, that was my, that was my shtick. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. I, I would literally be everything, this, that, and the other, but no, no kids, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I recognized when I started to learn that I really was steeped in heteronormativity in a way where yeah. I wanted to always protect productivity. And I felt <laughs> that because, you feel me, like, almost I feel like I really had, in the, and I, I really took on a lot of the irrational ways that we understand sexuality. Mm-hmm. And thought that mm-hmm. if kids grew up in a same-sex household, they would not be able to have a, a healthy relationship that was heterosexual because they grew up seeing gay shit they like. And it's like, even when I say that out loud, it's embarrassing. It's like, nigga, yeah. you're on your ass thinking that. Yeah. But, I'm being forwardly honest. Like that's yeah. that's that's something that I, I I know for a fact I used to think of, and that's why. And I, and I feel like I would call it die homophobia because I like a lot of my a lot of people in school it was more comfortable with me compared to other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? But in my mind, that's that that's still homophobic. You know what I'm saying? Like the, right, the, right. The claws. You feel me? And then I think that when it comes to like trans identities, I think that um, growing up in Bryan, Texas, in the South, in the Bible Belt, you feel me? I think that I kind of uh, uh, was 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 I feel like conditioned to have some transphobia, but I think that I always right. I already got clocked as a weird ass nigga early in my life. So I think that I started. To <laughs> Why was that? <laughs> um, I think that the really I, I I understood at an early age that the way that I thought and the way that my counterparts thought was completely uh-huh. different. And I think that mm-hmm. in the beginning, when I understood this, it was a reason for me to get bullied. You know what I'm saying? So I think mm. one of the reasons why my content and the way I am the way I am is because I got to experience, I feel like, a lot of the spectrums in terms of growing up. I went from being mm. bullied and my ass being kicked to being like the most popular person in the middle school, in the high school, class president, homecoming king, all that. So I got mm. to kind of be able to, I feel like, consciously and reflect on a lot of my experiences. You feel what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and growing up, 
because you can call me friendly and I ain't see it as a chip on my manhood, niggas is like, that nigga weird. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I was always into loud colors. I was always into like shit. Uh-huh. I'm, 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 but like, like when I want to dance, when I dance, I still dance yeah. the way like how I dance now. It's how I dance when I was a little kid. And when I was a little <laughs> kid, it's like we we not we not taught to move your hips. As a matter of right. fact, we almost seen to be certain gate, certain body parts. If you activate it, it's seen as some gay shit. Yeah. Growing up, I ain't really care. You feel me? And I just took it. So it's like shit. What? Uh, we twerking? We twerking? We we, we, we <laughs> It's just like I like I I you know what I'm saying. So I feel like growing up, as you know, what I mean, it, it was it was different ways. I, I was already. I feel like ostracized. And at an yeah. early age, I decided that I was going to embrace what what what, what I got alienated for. And I just found mm-hmm. that other people that also got alienated, I connected with them more. So I think that I was yeah. able to have meaningful relationships with uh, trans and gay people, but I still had some homophobia and transphobia, like the the, the white liberal that claimed they got black friends. You know yeah, what I'm of course. So, it's like, I'm not racist, but, and now you're about to say some racist shit, you know? Yeah. Or I was able to create a meaningful relationship with that one individual or few individuals of that community. And I was starting yeah. to think that because I care about this one individual, this means I can say I care about the entire community. I know mm-hmm. better now, but when I was wow. young, I thought that was well, shit. I got, I got, I got, I got two studs. I hang around. Shit, yeah. he gay over there. He gay over there, and we all hang together. We gonna chill and you know what I'm saying, party, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. But it's like shit. I still had different ways that I seen other people in that community just being exposable and disposable, and I had that yeah. respectability politics versus ratchet shit. It's like. Mm-hmm. You good, you not good, you good. I can do that type of gay. I can't do this type of gay. I can do that type of stuff, but not this type of stud news. Like I recognize yeah. now that I'm older, I'm 30 years old, and I've been able to think about this shit. I see different ways that I was I was fucking up. <laughs> I hear that. Well, first off, I mean, I, I want to thank you for being so generous with your story with us, you know, and sharing some of that stuff because I know we all have stuff that we could look back in life and be like, man, like I'm I'm embarrassed of that. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. And um, how did you wake up from that? Like, how how did you how did things shift for you? Debate, policy debate. I feel like college policy debate changed my life in a way how I expressed myself, how I understood myself, and how I understood the world, and how I described and prescribed you feel me, different analysis to the world. When I was in mm-hmm. debate because I wanted to win, every debate round I'm going in like Black Power, the Black community, politically, socially, economically, Black, 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 Black. black. Other people that debated also had different identities or different subjects and issues they took on. So I was mm. forced to learn about, you feel me, the queer identity or the queer identity or heteronormativity through the lens of me debating about the black experience. So mm. I was forced to think about a lot of things very deeply, you feel me, because I was debating yeah. as well as I felt like I always had a heart to make it where I, I wanted to win. But I, I feel like I did something too crazy. I feel like a bad. I feel like I would feel bad about it. So once I started losing so many debates to being transphobic, to misgendering people or to saying some, you know, what I'm saying shit that was crazy to this black woman. And I was aggressive. It's like, man, I want to win. I did that because I wanted to win. But I started to ask myself, I want to win at what cost, at what price? And mm-hmm. because I want to be able to still hold my own. You feel me? I had to do a little bit more reading. I had to do a little yeah. bit more reflecting. And I really wanted to win. Like I was able to like, I ended my debate career in top 20 of the decade from 2010 to 2020. You know what I'm saying? Me and my debate partner. Mm-hmm. So we was pretty good mm-hmm. at it. But we would have mm-hmm. won more if I would have took the time to really reflect and think about how defensive and how, you know what I'm saying, fucked yeah. up and unethical I would be in certain situations. Yeah, I feel like that's such a, there's a lesson in your personal story that we could, that we could glean as a larger society. Because right now, 
it feels like there's so much that we disagree on, you know, different groups disagree on. And what you just said, like being able to just reflect, reflect on what you think, uh, to be able to reflect on what you think and to to think about that is something that we could all um, benefit from, which brings me to a point. (laughs) <laughs> or a question, because this is what I'm right. like, you're going to be on the show. I got to ask you about this because I see you on Instagram, you have, or on YouTube as well. Like you have a lot of debates with people kind of like in the public sphere on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious about what that's like for you, especially because I see you debating a lot of other men, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it usually, I think tends or a lot lately has been revolving around some of the stuff you were talking about, you know, like, um, uh, transphobia, homophobia, all that kind of stuff. I don't have a specific question there, but I just want to, I've been dying to know like what that has been like for you and how you, how you think about that stuff, you know, about the pushback that you get from men. I, I think about it like, man, my, my, you know, my motto is education is elevation. Yeah. And most of the ways that I fell in love with education is through the technique of argumentation and debate. So how I see it is when I'm debating somebody, nine times out of 10, I ain't looking to change their mind. I know their mind made up. If they even deciding to debate me on this, it's like, shit, you, sleep, you steeped in this belief enough to let me know you digging in and you investing in it. You're stick to your guns, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. My perspective when I'm doing those debates is for somebody like you or for somebody that's watching the debate that also has to deal with this type of argument, this type of perspective that gets that's pushing back to give you a way to be able to deploy some arguments and to be able to see how to disarm it. You see what I'm saying? Right. Or making it where giving, giving other people, you know what I'm saying, the way to be able to see this is how you use facts and experiences to make an argument and to be able to, you know what I'm saying, I feel like engage this. But it's always for me, the education. I'm looking, when I'm debating people, I'm looking, I'm prioritizing educating the viewers more than um, anything with the person I'm debating with. Mm, mm. You're, You're playing to an audience that's not actually there in the room you're playing to the audience that's watching always always in any debate you've seen me in no matter how irritated or pissed off i seemed in the moment you feel me it was i knew it was for the engagement and for the perception of who's watching and i know that's how debate operated in terms of when i did college Mm -hmm. debate you feel what i'm saying yeah it's like i'm trying to kick my opponent's ass only in so far the crowd and the judge believe I've kicked their ass. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. most times in debate, your opponent is never going, if it's a good opponent, they never going to give you the opportunity to say, they, they, hey, I was wrong, you was wrong, anything about like that. I know that as a debater, you see what I'm saying? So it's for mm-hmm. the audience and the judge to make that decision on what was that. And that's the reason why I debated that way. And I know mm-hmm. that I learned the most when I see mm-hmm. the confrontational politics going and I get to really see how things work together. You feel me? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I get to see. That's why I value debate and argumentation. Because it's like, okay, I'm going to debate this person on shit, homosexuality in the black community. Is it productive yeah. or not? In my yeah. mind, the very questions are already problematic. Right, but I right. know we're opposing this, though. You feel me? They don't get that. So now I'm going to be able to teach everybody why this very question is loaded and it's problematic. Yeah. And it's really like, I, like we're supposed to be debating but in my mind, it's like I've already took the, and I hate to say this out loud, you know what I'm saying? I guess I'm saying it <laughs> but, but in a lot of those situations, you feel me? I think, I think you'll be able to tell which debates I really did it and I've really set on it. Like, I'm, what you talking about? And many of these debates, it's like yeah. I've already took the, I hate to use this word, but I've already took the superior position on this issue 
Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think you really have the ability to debate with me because you really can't compete when you can't compare. You know, you right. haven't read enough. You haven't thought about this enough. You haven't reflected right. enough. So at this point, I'm only going to let you say your bullshit mm-hmm. arguments so I can show you how bullshit they are and I'm school your ass on this. Right, and right. Usually I already, I feel like it's certain debates on certain issues. Like, I'm going to respect every opponent. Right. Until you show me that it's like, yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not, you're not right. in the ballgame with me. You're not, you're not doing this. Right. I'm sorry. Now you're going to get dunked on and I'm going to beat my chest while I dunk on you. I'm going to stand off from you and I'm going to look at you. Cra- I'm going to now, 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 now we're going to the, now it's time to go. Man, you know, it's so interesting hearing you talk about this because in schooling your opponent in public in that way, or in taking their 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 bad ideas to task, you're educating the people who also think that way, you know, and also people who may not know what they really think because they haven't thought about it enough, you know, because there's a bunch of people who on any issue, they'll be like, well, I don't really know what I think, you know, but now they've heard you take a strong position or just expose how bad another strong position is. And that gives them an opportunity to think on it and reflect. The reason why I feel like that's so uh, important or why it stands out to me right now is because, you know, when we talk about racial justice, a lot of people talk about dialoguing across difference. But I feel like in what I've heard you say today, like I've heard a few things. One, you got to know your opponent. You got to know who you're talking to, you know? If you're not listening to what your what your interlocutor is saying or the the, the arguments are saying and assessing, is this debate worthwhile? <laughs> you're gonna waste your energy online. <laughs> Mental <laughs> health as well. You better always protect that shit. Everybody ain't worth being proved wrong. And sometimes like you don't know, prove them wrong at what extent? Like at what cost do you prove them wrong? Yeah. But babe, the internet is full of a whole bunch of intellectual experts that's like mm-hmm. shit what we expert on today today we're expert in international fucking politics and nigga <laughs> what's going on in Afghanistan I think X, Y, and Z what's going on today well today motherfucker I am a public expert on public health and uh-huh. I'm going to tell you about the vaccine what we talking yeah. about today this is like that's how I feel most people is yeah yeah word you know and it's and it's interesting because I feel like this is the internet is where a lot of these conversations are happening for people so like for people who care about social justice, a lot of people think the work is, you know, taking on debates online with people. And maybe there might be some good that comes from that for some people. But for the most part, it don't seem like people are really listening to each other. So I feel like, you know, people listening right now, I mean, at least for me, like this, this resonates with a lot that I actually wrote about in my book that's coming out in March, you know, because I have a chapter that's called We Do Not Debate With Racists, you know, <laughs> um, but we, we need to be talking to the people who kind of share our values, but we have disagreements, you know, those are the people we need to really be engaging conversations with so we can get on the same page to do certain work together. But then there's a certain type of, I hear strategy in what you're saying, you know, and I hope that people will, will, will pay attention to that. Well, this, this time has gone, has gone by so fast, partly because I'd be reflecting in real time on what people say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking too. I know I talk a lot too. So, you know, yeah. The long winded. No, no, bro. I really appreciate what you had to share today. I know that you have you have things to do today, so we don't want to keep you for too long. But I do want to um, ask you two questions. One is, what huh? keeps you going? What keeps you showing up for this work? Passion. I think, mm-hmm. I, think I got a passion for 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 doing the work. So it make you where even in the times where I'm tired or exhausted or really not up for it, it's different ways that that passion get ignited. And it, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It comes through. And then also, I feel like uh, independence, man. I think mm-hmm. that doing the work that I do, I feel like it gives me independence 
materially and metaphysically in ways that make it where I'm, I'm comfortable and it fulfills me. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like now I've built my platform enough to well now 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 literally in real time I have to make real life decisions about what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna do it based off of the independence that I've built for myself in terms yeah. of what I got going on on social media and what I got going on with other things that I'm building in terms of the consciously georgeleyspeaks.com. You yeah. feel me? And I think that yeah. just having passion and a desire for independence to be able to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, to be able to determine, you know what I'm saying, when I wake up, when I do X, Y, that's what that's what I work towards, the independence and the passion. And then I yeah. feel like the, 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 the independence piece is to make it where everybody also has the ability to decide. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To make it where we don't have to, we are, that's why that's the, that's the education part. The education is to try to have it where I can try to drop some seeds of passion in everybody else watching the uh, video and also mm-hmm. make it where we're scribing for this, this notion of independence and make yeah. it where we don't have to be dependent on the same systems, institutions, beliefs, ideologies that's fucking us over. Yeah. You feel me? So when yeah. I say independence, when I say metaphysically and physically, I mean it by that. I, I, materially and metaphysically, I mean it exactly like that. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to also be able to like, shit, if I want to cuss this person out today and they're getting out and they really did it, I don't need to worry about nobody telling me like, hey, this is not good for the business or the kind of, right. you know, hey, listen, if you don't rock with me, you don't fuck with me, you don't rock with me and fuck with me, but come with me. I don't want nothing that come to me with it. Don't, you know what I'm saying? I lie. Right. I work towards independence. I want to be unapologetic. And it is yeah. what it is. Of course, I can be wrong. I'm going to admit when I'm wrong. But yeah. when I'm right, I want to be able to be unapologetic when I'm being right. I don't want to pay respect. Yeah. I want the independence to be able to do what I want to do and how I want to do it. I want the independence to be the best father and husband I can be. And I feel like me doing a whole other stuff, you know, give me that independence. So it's really like passion and independence. I you see, that. I was, I was, at first I was like, I'm thinking about this. But as I started talking, the passion gets really, really yeah. it's like, nah, this is really, this really what I'm about. Yeah, yeah, you like, definitely I see like that. I wear it on my sleeve, though. Word, word. And um, how can people follow you? How can they keep in keep up with what you what you got going on? Yeah, uh, the consciously on all social media platforms. C O N S C I O U S. Conscious, spell it that way. Um, also, uh, georgeleespeaks.com is my website. I do workshop facilitations. Um, I have a master's degree in human relations. I also have a master's mm-hmm. degree in adult and higher education. So you'll be able to go, you feel me, georgeleespeaks.com, be able to, you know, check out all the other platforms I'm on, as well as booking and doing different workshops, facilitations. I also do curriculum design and curriculum development. And yeah, I got some uh, working on a book and I'm working on a book right now and some online classes coming coming your way as well, too. You feel me? Oh, man, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So we definitely have to have you on to talk about your book when we're closer to when you're closer to publishing time. You know, just know that know that you have a platform over here, too. You know that that is willing to support you. So cool, man! Yeah. Right. Thanks yeah. for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like what you heard and you haven't already, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Also, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts helps us get into more ears and minds. You can find all the links in the show notes for today's guest, as well as Andre's newsletter, Patreon, and book. You can connect with Andre on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Andre Henry. That's all for this episode of the Hope and Hard Pills podcast. We'll see you next time.